It's hot. It's awful.com. <laughs> An umpire and a vampire square off week after week, reviewing movies outside their own strike zone. This week's movie, the 1956 Invasion of the Body Snatchers, and the 1942 Pride of the Yankees, starring Gary Cooper, Kevin McCarthy, Dana Winter, Teresa Wright, and the babe, George Herman Ruth. Now two guys who are definitely not brown hair patroness, Tim Crutchman and Jeff Miller. What? That's it. Brown hair what? Patroness. Patroness? What is P-A-T-R-O-N-U-S. Let me, you want me to type it out? No. Look it up. Brown hair patroness. We are both definitely not that. Okay, hey everybody. But there was a better one. There was a better one, and it was in Invasion of the Body Snatchers, and it was perfect because I looked it up with the definition, and it was it was funnier than that because that's not even funny. So, but that's why you picked this one. Well, I couldn't find, I couldn't find anything. <laughs> I could not find. Yeah, yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, nice. He has Dan, to show off little the, Dan Marino action because the uh, Dolphins are playing tonight on Monday night on wow. Thursday night football. But we'll get to that later. I've and that'll be in our special and, sports part of the show. And this right here, we're we're looking out for our Miami people, our Bahama people. We got that. We got Hurricane Ian uh, tearing up the uh, yeah the peninsula. That's a, it's rough for those of you that are watching this later. Right, exactly. Ian is just ripping right now through there. And and if you usually watch when you're in Florida, this will be put up on other services so you'll be able to watch this later in the week when you get power yeah because a lot of people from florida were calling me how are we going to catch the show exactly and uh now they know now they know hey everybody welcome to dead on the bases (laughs) we are i'm the vamp he's the ump he is jeff miller and jeff has the distinction that he's won the milwaukee sports media personality of the year award a record five times by being confused by another broadcaster. So, congratulations. Confused for another broadcaster? No, he was confused by another sports broadcaster. I don't know what that means. Yeah, it's okay. Anyways, but, well, before we get into this... No, he's right. He's right. I, I won it. Well, I did I did win it, but... Did you? Yeah. I had no idea. I just wrote this. So, here's yeah. the thing. I love this jersey, this Dan Marino jersey, who is one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Not a great to win a Packer. He's never a Packer. <laughs> but, see, it looks so big that if you only took a picture from here, it looks like I'm wearing, like, drapes. It's. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe the way the camera's... It, it looks better in person. In person. Yeah. So, if anybody wants to see this on in person, I will wear this out at Horror Realm because Dan Marino went to the University of Pittsburgh. You are just full of it. That's uh, true. Fant- I said you're just full of great information. Anyways, I'm the ump. He's the vamp. What movies did we watch this week? Oh, yeah. We're getting, we got to get I, down I to work. Si- I sidetracked this. I'm we sorry. We got to get down to work, everybody. Uh, well, the horror movie is Invasion of the Body Snatchers, a 1950s classic. And uh, <laughs> that uh, that the word horror in this is very loosely... I don't know. I was horrified by the pride <laughs> of the Yankees that I'm going to get to uh, rip in, I mean, uh, talk what? about. Look at how colorful um, that, that poster is. Oh, Yeah, that's more color can, than the entire movie. Can, can you give me a full screen? They shot? don't even put an African-American in the Can whole you thing. put me on the whole what? screen for a second? No. Please? 
This is you are out of format. Just so you know. No, I got. I mean, if you're gonna do, he's just breaking format. If you're gonna do Pride of the Yankees, I gotta oh. show you. This used to be on my wall as a kid. Well, it's not on your wall anymore. No, it's in the middle of my my rec room why, here. Why is this okay? So here why it is. Why is it because it's but big? You it's can't huge. Hear. So I got. To, so yeah, this is this was on my wall. I mean, I love. You might as well have brought a mirror. Look at this. We I know. can see all. <laughs> there we go. go. There we go. Lou Gehrig. The Iron Horse. This guy is awesome. You know what I didn't know, Jeff? What? I did not know that baseball cards were much bigger in the past. <laughs> exactly. And they were also better back then, too. But there we go. So, uh, Tim, take it away. Wow. Which uh, which one is it? Tops or Donruss? <laughs> it's called it's called Dunham's. That's where I got it. At Dunham's. <laughs> and, it was, and honestly, it was between this and Roberto Clemente. When I bought this, I remember like waiting for a while thinking, what should I get? What should I get? And I got Lou Gehrig because, I mean, he's just awesome. Hold on, everybody. There's little Jeff going, what am I going to get? <laughs> it's true. It's true. But all right, Tim, thank you for that little time. Oh, yeah. I, that's that's pretty cool. And I had pictures of clowns on my walls as a as a child. So I I was being attacked. As so killer, cl- killer clowns on dope? <laughs> no, not that. Not that, buddy. All right, hey, Tim. everybody, it is time to talk about Pride of the Yankees yes. from 1921. No, 42. 42. Like I said, in 1921, Lou Gehrig was still not a disease. And uh, this is his life story. Uh, and a couple interesting notes I'm going to make. Um so, so as to keep Jeff guessing as to what type of trivia he can give me. But I did notice in the credits that Herbert J. Mankiewicz was one of the script writers of this. Yes. He also went on to write Citizen Kane, and there was a recent movie about him, I think on Netflix, called Mank. Uh, he's kind of a weird guy. I thought you were going to say Dahmer. No, that's uh, that's a Milwaukee person. Oh, He's gotcha. A New York and Hollywood person. Gotcha. Um, also, oddly, in the middle of this movie, well, I'm going to get into how they made this movie longer than it needed to be, but in the middle of the movie, they have a song called Always. It was written by Irving Berlin. They put an Irving Berlin mo- song right in the middle of the movie. I have no idea why. Um, now, the director is Sam Wood. He's probably best known for this film, but he also directed Day at the Races and Night at the Opera, which, outside of the Paramount films that the Marx Brothers did, are probably the two best ones uh, that they did. Um, well, maybe Animal Crackers in there, too, when you talk about their Animal MGM crackers. years. Uh, and he also stepped in to direct for one month on Gone with the Wind. Oh, really? Uh, Gone with the Wind, the director got winded. <laughs> and uh, he was exhausted. So he stepped in for a month and just said, action, you know, uh, can, for a while. They so, used to do that a lot I was going to say, can they, is that, does that happen? I mean, Not anymore. Not anymore. Back then, movies, it was a factory and if somebody called in sick, they're like, fine, send in a sub. Uh, today, you know, the whole production goes down. Now, 
The story of Pride of the Yankees uh, starts with the childhood of young Cy Young, and he, it, or I'm sorry, it was Roger Maris. And anyway, Joe DiMaggio is playing the game there. It seems very dated at the beginning. The opening scenes felt very much like a Little Rascals Lost episode. Does it or does it not? You know that it does. It does. And little Mickey Mantle comes in there, and he's playing in this back sand lot. Jesus. What? No, it's funny. I'm getting it. Okay. Good, good. So... it, it is interesting seeing New York at that time. It was fascinating because the road still had horses and cars yeah. on there at the yeah, same yeah. time. Imagine that. Uh, that would have been it, tough. It, it, what were the traffic rules? You know, what were the traffic rules? If the vehicle in front of you takes a dump, drive around. You know. um, but anyway, uh, now I had to look it up because... There's some debate in my family if they said it or not. I don't believe they ever say in the entire movie that they were immigrants from Germany. I think they just had German accents, but they didn't actually say that because I had to look it up. And uh, that, but he was actually uh, from an immigrant family from Germany. Uh, I think they kept it kind of vague and didn't say Germany a whole lot in there because, because of the, year of the that was... middle of a freaking war yeah, at the yeah. time. Uh-huh. You know, so I I thought it was interesting that the movie even got made, thinking that because they very much showed the family of young Cecil Cooper and his German parents. Okay, over it, it was it was pretty amazing. Could. <laughs> okay, no, I'm good. I don't have them yet. I don't have them yet. But anyway, Ty Cobb goes on to go to Columbia University, no. <laughs> where his mother wanted him to become an engineer because some some previous relation was an engineer. I have to ask you this. This is my oh. first question oh, to Jeff. Okay. Are you ready? I don't know. Is Columbia University considered like a big sports no, college? not at all. I, I was like, I've never heard people say, "Hey, that but Columbia team, they really kicked the Columbia butt. Bears." My my niece actually goes to Columbia. She's going oh, for really? a dental school. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, she went to a Vanderbilt, and now she's doing her graduate stuff at Columbia. Well, who's got a smarty pants in the family? <laughs> it's not from my side, that's for sure. <laughs> I wasn't gonna say it. Anyway, <laughs> so. But you're right. It's not a sports university. Yeah. So Nolan Ryan's um, mother is a cook at Columbia (laughs) University. So that's kind of his way in. And the interesting thing I thought was they kept pushing, oh, you should become an engineer with the obvious comedy bit being, you know, engineer, schmengineer. A ball player's much greater ambition, right? That's that's what they kept kind of playing right. off there. And I started thinking about it, and I'm mm-hmm. like, I think engineers were probably paid better than ball players back they then. They probably were. It took a long time for ball players to start getting paid decent. So I, I thought that was interesting. Anyway, he joins the miners to pay for his mother's hospital stay. They all but put a halo on young Cecil Cooper there. What? Throughout throughout <laughs> the film. I'm starting to repeat them, but... Uh, yeah, it's okay. Yeah. Anyway, I'll say Lou. Uh, Lou So, Lou Who. 
They, Captain they Lou Albano. That's, yeah. that's how you should have done oh, this. It should have been yeah. a bunch of Lou's. Yeah, loser. Anyway, he, <laughs> Louis, Louis, they, yeah. Louis. Okay, go ahead. All right, thank you, thank you for permission. Uh, what? Whatever. Yeah, I mean, he's always, folks. You know what he's doing? He's screwing around with the lighting right now. I'm not doing anything. This. No, that's you. Uh, anyway, yeah, they they all but make him into a god. I I mean, it's he a was. little bit over the top with the. He's so moral, he's so right, he's so this, he's so that. And he, it's kind of annoying. What was interesting is seeing some of the old stadiums, because quite frankly, if these were major league stadiums at the time, they probably would be small for minor league these days. Oh, nice. That's a good picture of them, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um. There we go. That's a better. Seeing, seeing those old stadiums was fun. It was. It was fun to watch ball players sitting and eating pork chops with no beer, wine, or women, <laughs> wearing suits, being very respectful in the restaurant. You know that didn't happen. It was fun watching Lou Gehrig. See, I know. There you go. Oh, uh, yes. I saw him brushing his teeth using tooth powder. This was before toothpaste. At one point, he's got it like in his hand, and he shoves the brush in there. He's he's brushing his teeth, and I'm like, "That's right." There, tooth powder was the big thing back then. They should go back to that. So, no, they should not. There's a reason we move forward. That looked like an absolute mess. Ugh. <laughs> now, do they, do teams still travel by rail, or, or is it all buses now? <laughs> Or are they flying? They're everywhere? flying. They're flying. Really? Yeah. It's like a hundred. There's got to be a hundred people on the roster, right? No. How many people are on the roster? There's 26, 30. That's it? Yes. Doesn't sound like it's much of a team. <laughs> what? Where's that coming like from? Like three people, right? <laughs> My God! Wait, yeah. does does the catcher have to you know wash everybody's uniforms or something? It no. doesn't sound like much no. of a team. All right, but <laughs> let me say, Babe Ruth is in this movie. That's probably one of the big things people uh, say about it. And as an actor, Babe Ruth is a heck of a ball player. Um, <laughs> there's a scene where everybody is eating Babe Ruth's straw hat. I'm not going to comment on how lame this scene is. It probably was lame even at the time. I, I'm i like, wow, Babe Ruth, he's a great ball player. Uh, it, it was amazing how poorly that was, went through. Uh, it was interesting, I thought, that one of the main characters was a newspaper man. And this might have been the beginning of that whole trope of watching the newsmen talk about the sports. Because, quite frankly, if he didn't talk about the sports, you sure as hell weren't going to see it. Because there aren't many sports scenes in this sports movie. Now, um, Gary Cooper does a nice job playing Lou Gehrig in here. And it was fun to watch him playing that part very above the board. Now, was this before or after the White Sox, the Black Sox whole thing? Was after. This, this was after. Yep. Okay. Because the Black Sox was 1919. Okay. 
So Gary apparently being though the wonderful person that he is, he learned how to hit homes by being a depraved carnival goer and hanging around with Chicago degenerates from the best I could see because that's how he learned how to hit the hammer down on on this uh, carnival game. <laughs> so he's basically a carny. And then wow. in the middle of the movie, that scene didn't need to be in there. I, it did. There's, there's another scene that goes on for approximately an hour. And this I, I would call the ballroom dancing scene. Now, the whole reason for the scene is he's fallen in love with his, his future wife. Um, but it's like MGM said, hey, I don't even know how not to make a musical. Let's throw a musical number in here. It, it's a little ridiculous. And it goes on forever. This is a movie that's going to be two hours long plus. It, it was a long movie. I have to oh admit that. I'm, I'm giving God. you that. It was a long yeah. movie. So, And then there's this business about I'm going to hit a home run for the sick little kid in Poor St. Kid. Louis. And it's the stuff that myths are made over. And, of course, Gary Cooper says, I'll hit two. And then good old Gary Shandling, he sits there and right out of the, the thing. Uh, now, his his future wife is listening to this game on the radio, right? Yes. Did you know she's playing with, like, this creepy little doll? It looked like Annabelle. <laughs> I was like, what's going on? And then at one point in the movie, they show a telegram, which I never received one because at the time telegrams were big, I was living in South Dakota during the late 20s and 30s. And we were, I was busy working with Gilbert C. Fike, and we were finishing up Mount Rushmore. I had the night shift on. Okay, all right. And it, oh, I, I never really uh, saw telegrams. Now, gotcha. <sighs> oh, at one hell? point, <laughs> at one point, they're what talking is, about waiting for Gary. Co- I'm sorry, Lou Gantanola. Gary. Yeah, Gary. Chandler coming in there, <laughs> and um. The German parents are like, ooh, I'm, I've got such great food lined up for him. We're going to eat fried eels. Ugh. I don't know of any ethnic group that thinks fried eels is a good time. And everybody's like, oh, hooray. What, what are you talking about? And then he's like late to see his parents in the whole surprise party because he's busy propositioning. I'm sorry, proposing wow. uh, that Twitchell dame, Ellie. Now... They were married a couple scenes later after there's like some friction between the wife and the mother that is easily solved. Like two minutes after they introduce that there's friction, they solve it right away. Yep. And I'm like, oh, we don't want Gary Cooper to have any dirt on him whatsoever. Now, and there's also kind of some reference to it looks like Babe Ruth and Gary might have been. They. Rivals, were they, they were. They okay, were. They actually, but they they skirt it completely. They they actually in during both of their Hades in the middle of Lou Gehrig's career, they actually went barnstorming. They went across the United States. They had Larp and Lou's team against Bustin Babe's team. Okay, so just so you know, I mean, they were rivals, but they but they were good friends also. Yeah, they 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 kind of skirt that that even existed. Um, his entire ball career. Now, because we needed to have a 30-minute break to show a ballroom scene, his entire ball career is just a flurry of news headlines <laughs> that a woman 
looks through. I'm like, this would not work today. Nobody would say, okay, here's your exposition, everybody. Go ahead and read along. You know, it that was lame. But it was cool seeing when they would show the stands. All the men are like wearing a yep. formal hat, yeah, a tie, yeah. a sports coat. I'm like, that I don't think you could even find the club owner wearing that stuff. Anymore. No, no. Uh-uh. I, I, it, that was cool. Now, Lou finds out he has ALS because it wasn't called Lou Gehrig disease yet. Who knew? Uh, he finds out he has ALS when wrestling his wife. Okay? There's a scene where he wrestles his wife and he gets ALS. This is a public service announcement against domestic abuse. Right in the middle of the movie. There you go. Yeah. I looked. They first show that he's getting ill at one hour and 45 minutes. I'm not kidding. When you mention Lou Gehrig to somebody, if it's Jeff, they know all about his statistics. Anybody that isn't a sports fan knows that he died of ALS. Right? Right. It's like a footnote in this movie. They don't even show what the symptoms really are. Best I can tell, if you get ALS, it looks like you can't play pro ball anymore. That's about all I learned about ALS. And I started wondering, hey, I can't play pro ball. Maybe Tim. I got ALS. Tim. But I don't. I checked. Tim. I looked. Um, in the end, Tim. this is really a story of a quitter. He quit the game. Tim. Uh, okay. Tim. I say that to be funny, but also... At the opening of the movie, they say, oh, how brave he he faced his disease. Yes, and all. yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't show it. Yeah, yeah, you're right. They don't show it. You're right. They don't yeah. show him, like, fighting, you know, getting really sick. He doesn't even look like he's really sick. At no point is he even sweating. He's not even sweating. Have you ever seen somebody sick that doesn't sweat once in a while? I... I Oh, and then, like, they say, oh, he's sick. He quits because he's a big quitter. And then they <laughs> have a special presentation for Gary that takes another 15 minutes. I was surprised there wasn't a musical break. Um, And then, of course, he says the line, I consider myself the luckiest man on the face of the earth. And roll credits. Now, Teresa Wright, who played... The um, Ellie Twitchell, the the wife, she actually got an Academy Award for Best Actress. I literally sat there and wondered why. I'm like, she's okay. There wasn't well, much of a part there. Okay, but what was, I, what was she up against that year? That, That's something you would want to check. Right, right. That Maybe is, no one. <laughs> that is the question because I I don't think there there must not have been much because I I'm sitting there and I'm like she she plays the woman that. You know, sitting there and, oh, yay, he won. I'm going to play with Annabelle and do a tea party. <laughs> While it, it was weird. She had a tea party I know, going. I know, I know. I'm like, she's a grown-ass woman. What's going on here? Oh, oh yeah, wait. Yeah. Anyway, um, now it's time for the special effect that never works. Oh, yes. Yay. All right. So our horror horror movie our horror horror, horror movie connection horror in the movie Gary Gary Cooper <laughs> Gary Cooper I could not find a single horror movie to his name does that but I like, was shocked but him being him does that surprise you 
You know, they all do something early yeah. in the career. I I, it, it's amazing yeah, how many I find. It, early Look in at their, how many I find. Early in their career, they either do horror or porn. Yeah. So there you go. So did you check you know, last porn week, connections? Do you know last week <laughs> I forgot to mention Adrian Barbeau, who has like a bunch of horror background. I mean, yeah. she was in Creep Show. She was in Swamp Thing. She's done, yeah, she's done a lot of that. And I didn't even mention her. I'm like, yeah. Uh, okay, Teresa Wright, who, of course, won the Academy Award for no discernible mm-hmm. reason, uh, was in Shadow of a Doubt with Hitchcock mm-hmm. and was in 1972's Crawl Space, which I have not seen, but I, I read the review or the synopsis of it. I am going to be finding that one. That yeah, sounds interesting. Tim, you better be prepared. That is a creepy movie. You've seen it. I was about to say. <laughs> Walter Brennan, he gets mad when I don't ask him if he's seen things. So, that's, so I have to ask him. That's why I kind of yeah. mix him up. You, you are mixed up. Literally, one of the greatest character actors of all time plays the, uh, the newsman, Walter Brennan. His voice is super distinctive. And he actually played a part in Bride of Frankenstein. Oh, okay. He was an uncredited neighbor. I saw that and I said, end of story. That's perfect. It was before he was a celebrity and uh, it's possibly one of the most famous horror movies of all time. So Let me ask you this. Job. When you're yeah. looking this stuff up and if it's uncredited, how do you know that he was... Do you know it just by looking at him? It was an or? IMDb. Oh, okay. It was an IMDb. Okay. Um, I probably wouldn't recognize him because I'll tell you the truth. Until he opened his yapper... <laughs> I did not recognize him in this movie. And then he starts talking in that Walter Brennan way. I'm like, oh, that's him. Um, Ernie Adams. Yep, Ernie. He is the guy that plays Miller Huggins, the first manager that they have. Yeah. This guy was in a lot of Universal movies. And if you look at him, he kind of looks like one of those, you know, um, sketchy type of characters. Degenerate. He was a character actor that worked with Karloff in The Man with Nine Lives and Bela Lugosi in The Invisible Ghost. So that's some pretty solid horror movie credits. Okay. So uh, that's great. Was here? Okay. Was The Man with Nine Lives, was that a, was like The Man part cat or something? I have not seen that okay. particular movie, but I believe that's what it was. It was like, oh, he got the heart of a cat and he could live nine lives. It was something okay, stupid. Okay, I like gotcha. That. It was a programmer, but Karloff did a lot of programmers and so did Lugosi for Universal. You know, back in those days, you didn't have TV, so they would make these uh, kind of... Uh, they were called programmers where it was like, these are kind of cheap, but it's fun little entertainment. So they would go in and and watch it. Okay. All right. It is time. Time. For the score. I know what you gave this, I bet. Okay, go ahead. Well, the way that you, the way that you're saying it, I'm thinking it's going to be low. It's, it's low. It's not North Dallas for you. So, but if you're being, if you're being, if you're tying this into the movie, I'm going to say you gave it a four for Lou Gehrig's number. I did give it a four. There you go. I didn't know that was his number. You didn't? No. I, what the hell do I know? Um, <laughs> Are you but, impressed? Are you impressed? Yeah, I'm super impressed that you know one of your favorite uh, yeah. 
sports figures number. Um, I gave it a four because it was super freaking boring. They they could have cut out easily, easily. Well, easily that half hour. That's I, I mean, just take out the musical T- crap, and it would have been a better movie you, immediately. Usually, I push back and and try to really defend it but but this movie is long it seems very it's longer than what it should be it could be an hour and a half yeah the other thing the other thing is it makes uh lou gehrig into a deity into he's just absolutely perfect in every way he never gets mad he never anything and i'm like well that's a boring character is what it is and it's like you could show him getting upset that he has to give up the game. He doesn't. He just kind of goes. Mm. That's why I, I made the joke about him being a quitter. It, it it doesn't look like he really fights back. It's like eh, all but, right. But I wonder. Oh. I wonder how they went about making this movie. And the reason why. Oh, no, no, I wait, know. wait. I'll tell you why. No, no, I'll tell you why. Oh, yeah. Lou Gehrig died in 1941. Right. This movie was made in 19. Was released in 1942. Yeah. So what do you? I mean, they went to the wife, and the wife probably said, "If you make any sort of comment about I, if they would have made this movie in 1950, and there would have been a little bit of time, right? I, I think you would have found a less reverential feeling to the subject matter, and might have approached reality the way it is. I mean." It, I thought Babe Ruth and and Lou Gehrig were going to get in a sack at one point. They're so in love. <laughs> but what I, uh, but what I'm getting at is that. Burrs. So how long does it take to make a movie like this? Six weeks, six months. Uh, the way what this one was made. Well, let's keep in mind they didn't do any expensive work. No, here. I get it. I, they didn't do anything on the field. What did they got? Maybe ten shots out right. on a baseball field. So this probably was under two weeks. But to do you shoot think this it. is something like? He died, and they're like, "We better make a movie about him." I, that's, I mean, that's where I'm getting at with this because it came I out think, like right after he died. I basically. think they were making this before he died, as knowing that raise, he's dying. Yeah, to raise awareness. Okay. For you know ALS. But yet they didn't give it much time in the whole movie. No. <laughs> there you go. That's my thing. Don't sit there and say, "Oh, he was so brave in the face of what I saw." If you're just taking this movie and saying, okay, this is real, what I saw is a guy that got sick and quit and just walked away and he got a bunch of awards. So the way it. this movie should have been, it should have been reversed the other way, where it was very short about his career and the longer, the little bit longer part was what he dealt with when he found out that he was going to die, that he had this disease until he died, right? Would you say it would, it should, Lean, the scale should go a different way because it was mostly all about his life and baseball and then he dies yeah it, i know i'm just yeah it it didn't do it for me i know uh gary cooper i like gary cooper but there's there's no character it's here very vanilla and very they didn't want to give him a character no they, they wanted him to just be this you know mythological character so great, like Manila, just very Manila, yeah. very white, very yeah. Anyways, but okay, Tim. All right, so <laughs> I gave my score. It is now time for, for our exciting new segment. Ugh. All right, what? I'm ready. All right, I'm really not, but I am. I Here can make we it go. Work. Hold on. Look at this new opening. <laughs> Woohoo! 
I like that. We are in otherworldly culture <laughs> sports, everybody. Yeah. And there he is. Here I am. He's America's sweetheart. You know him <laughs> as the ump. He is Jammin' Jeff, the killer Miller. There you go. All right. So oh, we, is that for an intro? Did I liked like it. That? I liked it. We can okay. work on it. <laughs> no, it was fine. Uh, it was fine. I'm just giving you a little heat. Here we go. Okay. Anyways, so a couple quick sports uh, updates. Last week, we were, we had the show during the Milwaukee Milkmen trying to win the Golden Bat. They went up 8-3 to three in the eighth inning, I believe. And, okay. and uh, Fargo came back, tied the game at 8-8. They went to, I think, 10 innings and lost 9-8. to eight. So they lost wow. an extra innings. Too bad. They came in second. Um, <laughs> yeah. But you know what? Next year will be another year. And, and if you well, ever get... It literally couldn't get closer than no, that. No, it couldn't. It was, I mean, come on. It went all five games. It went right down to the end in the extra innings. But the People mil- got what they paid for? They did. You know what? Game? That's the thing. I go to a ball game. I want extra innings. I want to get, I want to get my money's worth. That's free baseball. <laughs> it's free baseball. So just like when I'm all golfing. And me, when I go to the movies, if they make that thing one minute over two hours, I start complaining. <laughs> I'm like, get this thing down to 90, a tight 90. Damn. What about 90 to 110 minutes is the perfect length for a feature. Wait, 90 to 100. Okay. What about, so you never, so you never saw perfect. Gone with the Wind? I did see Gone with the Wind. You Eight hours later? Thought? You know what I thought? <laughs> what? Could have used some tightening. tightening. Need a little editing. Let's get it in the editing bay. <laughs> hey, I agree with you. I had to watch that movie. I was dating a girl, and you heard my... If, if you didn't watch Tuesday, you know that I get roped into a lot of things because of women. So she's like, hey, let's watch Gone with the Wind. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> It was the longest movie of my life. I just I, oh my god, yes. Yeah. So anyway, moment. so we had that going on. The Brewers, the Brewers keep winning. They won again yesterday, and the Phillies can't win. The Phillies have been swept by the Cubs this season, and they put the Brewers before tonight's game. The Brewers are in a tie for the wild card right now, mm-hmm. but they lose the tiebreaker to Philadelphia and also to San Diego. So they actually have to have one more win than the uh, now, than the Phillies. Is it true? I heard that the St. Louis Cardinals yes. pay the Brewers <laughs> to play them this time of year. <laughs> Pretty much so. The the very good Tim. The Cardinals clinched the uh, the National League with their uh, the National League Central with their win on Wednesday, Tuesday night. Tuesday night, and they got to celebrate at at uh, AmFam Field. Congratulations to the St. Louis Cardinals, Albert Pujols, Yadier Molina. Uh, good luck in the playoffs. Let's see right. what else we got going on. So we have that and that. So the Brewers have got seven games left. They should. They have to win six of seven if they want a, a chance to get into the uh, playoffs. Okay. So go Brewers. Uh, it, we are in uh, Craig Timber. And then uh, <laughs> put it up. Go ahead. I'm turning over a new leaf. Yep, Craig Timber. So uh, <laughs> the Brew, the Packers, <laughs> the Packers won a tight game. How did you know I would have it available? I don't know. I also I, have this one available. Oh, that doesn't show up. That's good. Good. You got uh, any golf? No, anyway. No, but uh, the Packers. The Packers <laughs> won last week. They uh, they narrowly defeated the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They are two and one. Mm. They come home this week to play the New England Patriots at three fifteen, and the Patriots are one and two. Bill Belichick's uh, Patriots are one and two. What else do I have for you? Oh, I've got I've got um, this week in sports history, and this is a good one. This is a local one. 
September 29th, today, in 1962, the Milwaukee Braves' Warren Spahn beat the Pittsburgh Pirates 7-3 for his 327th career win. That made that made Warren Spahn the winningest left-handed pitcher in, in MLB history. Bob Euchre yes. was the catcher for the entire game and collected three hits and drove in the tying and winning runs. That was up to his 200 career batting life time batting average. Wait a second. Wait a second. How do you know that, Tim? What? How do you know that? That's correct. I think, I think everybody knows that he has a 200 batting average. That's incredible. Not 199, not 201. Really? 200. I read it in his book, Catcher in the Rock. I read that book too. Yeah. What what's uh what was what what was his uh uniform number here as a Milwaukee Brave? I have no clue. Eight. Gesundheit. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. So anyways, anyway, yes. so put it back on me again real quick here. And tonight, the Dolphins take on the Cincinnati Bengals to see if the Dolphins stay at a perfect 3-0. See if, if they win tonight, they go to 4-0. So, wow. And the only other undefeated team in the NFL right now is the Philadelphia Eagles. Fantastic. So that's sports. All right. Well, thanks, according, uh, Jeff. Uh, wait, according I, to Jeff. Wait, I got a tagline here for this. Oh, you do? Yeah. Okay. That's sports, according to me. Yeah, that's great. All right. Do we everybody. get a commercial? Do we get any no, commercial? No, we got to keep going. For what? Keep going. All right. You know what time it is? Oh, it's time for me to review. It's time for greatness. Remember, you can get a hold of Jeff at Jeff at otherworldlyculture.com. You can admonish him there of giving me such crummy movies. And you can drink Mountain Dew. They aren't paying us for that. But you got to drink the Mountain Dew with the, with the real I, they sugar. They got millions of viewers right now that are just like, oh my gosh, that's cool. All right, here All right, we go. So <laughs> I had the movie Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Yeah, fantastic this, classic yep. film. So this is a 19- I always give you such great stuff, and you give me This garbage. is a 1956 black and white movie. I, I like the black and white movies. Yep. This was an hour and 20 minutes. The correct life. And I'll be 100%. <laughs> I'll tell you exactly how I felt. I there felt like this movie was two hours and 20 minutes. This movie. It does have pacing problems. This yes. movie is extremely slow. And yeah. I'm almost embarrassed yeah. to admit this, but I fell asleep a little bit in the beginning. I did. I, I did. It, it moves slow I'm sorry. for about 30 minutes. Yep. Yeah. And that's the 30 minutes that it does. Anyways. Yeah. So, anyway, so what this is about. Is there's a there's this town in California, right? And things are going a little wacky, and and <laughs> it could have been made yesterday. It could have been, yeah. But there's these so people are like people aren't themselves, and we're gonna I'm gonna ask you some questions too about this because there's some okay. parts that I I lost. Well, people, as you know, I know everything, so it's not when bad. it comes to this movie. I hope you do because okay, I have I there's so many holes to this that I I don't know. I could okay. drive. I could drive my jeep. I can. I, I can drive my answer jeep almost all of them exactly the same way. We'll see how it goes. But go ahead. <laughs> anyways, so uh, so anyway, so we have. So it opens up. It's pretty unique how it opens up. And who's that bald guy? That bald guy with the glasses. Who? You know who I'm talking about? That one guy <laughs> with the glasses. The one guy in a bald guy. The guy in the very beginning. He comes. Well, if he Mr. shows up. Clean. No, I don't know. No, that's a pirate. You're sure. Okay. So, anyways. So Kevin McCarthy, who plays Dr. Miles J. Bennell, 
he's the beginning of the scene. These cops, they bring him into this place. And it's like a psych ward or whatever. And he's like, no, no, no. I'm, I'm okay. I'm all right. And the I'm whole movie. I'm <clears throat> all right. <laughs> Excuse there me. Ain't nothing wrong about me. Yeah, that's Caddyshack. But the whole movie is him uh, running back in his head, recounting the whole story. Yep. Thank you for the word. Recounting the whole story, which is kind of cool because I like those movies where it starts out and then they recount it and then they bring it back. And you get to hear his voice, which he right. has such a great narration voice. It's he does. Not it even reminds funny. me a lot of myself. Um, so he's in there, and and the thing of it is, is that he's driving back from the airport. I think from his ner- the nurse that he's with. But I'm thinking that they're going to hit it off, but it's really not. It's someone else that he's after. This Becky Dristol. Both are very pleasant to look at. I'll have to oh, say. Oh yeah. Jean Jean Wills Willies. Yeah, she's a nice piece of music. She, she was one. she was really cool. I liked her too. I liked Dana Winter. She was Dana very, Winter is gorgeous. Yes, she really is. So that's him right there. But that's not the bald guy that I'm talking about. But anyway, so he recounts this whole situation where people start. Now I fell asleep, so I don't know how he got to this conclusion. <laughs> but I woke up, and then. He's, he's like, people are not what they seem to be. Oh, the scene that I woke up on. I, you he, you do know how ironic it is that you fell asleep during this film. But okay. that's something I'm going to ask you about. Okay. So he goes and he, he goes down and he see, he goes down into someone's basement. I think he goes into to Becky Dristol's basement. Yeah. He opens something up because, okay, because before this, and I'm sorry if you guys are having a hard time following this, but I'll do the best I can. The yeah. scene that I woke up on, he was there with... His friends, and there was somebody on a pool table that was dead but wasn't dead, okay? Right. Then they're like, he's like, I better go check on Becky. So he goes into Becky's house, who she still lives with her dad. He goes downstairs, and he opens up this, I don't know, like an ice chest or something. Yeah, something. And he sees her in there, and he flips out. And he goes. And you get to see a little boob. No, you don't. Yeah, you do. I paused it. Oh, well, you know what? I was just getting out of my sleepy state, so I probably didn't realize that. But anyways, yeah. um, so then... I don't think they knew they had it. I, I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> oh, I might have to go back and check that part out. Yeah. So anyways, so they go to check it out, and she's not there. So that's when he starts thinking things are a little wacky here. I, I also feel like when the cop was there, the cop was a little off, and everybody seemed a little off. Well, what it is is that... These pods, I'm not spoiling this, right? No. Okay. This is what the, these pods, and they look like big tobacco pods. I mean, they're, they're huge. Yeah. They're, they got to be, I bet you they're six. Well, they're a human being size. But they're very light. They are. They're very light. And that's yeah. some of the questions I have for you. So they, so where was I at? So, so anyway, so then they're like, I don't even know what's going on. So then they go over, he goes over by his buddy's house, and they're having like a cookout. Okay. And he's like, hey, you want some martini? And he thought the martini was to start the grill, but it was really to drink. So he goes, so Kevin McCarthy, well, let's call him by his, his stage Kev. name. Let's just say Miles. Okay. Miles the doctor. Dr. Doc. Miles. Doc Miles. So he goes into the greenhouse, and he sees these pods. And, well, he doesn't know that they're pods yet because they're they're bubbling and foaming. Right. And then all of a sudden. As pods do. But then they turn into people. This is why I don't eat peas. Then they turn into people, right? Yeah. He's like, we got to get out of here. But his buddy and his buddy's wife stick around, and and Dr. Miles and Becky take off. Mm-hmm. They take off. Right. And they hold up inside of his office for a while, but then they get caught there, and they got to take off again. Now, there's where the questions are going to start coming in. Okay. All right? So they're just trying to escape all the pod people. All right? They're trying to get away because apparently if you fall asleep – 
the pod then. That's when they get you. I know, they get you. But, Tim, I don't understand. So, okay, so just bear with me on this. I'm not trying okay. to be funny. I really want to understand this. I can so, tell you're not being funny. So, so they go to his, his they go to his, um, his office. Right. And then they escape from his office. Right. I'll let people watch to see how that happens. They escape from his office. Yeah. Why don't they go back to his car and driveway? Why do they have to try to run through the desert? Explain that, honestly. Okay. This movie was made for less than a million dollars. It was extremely low budget, and they were done with using that car. You mean money-wise? Go ahead. Ask the next question. Why are the pods so light? light? Yes. They're made of paper mache. This movie was made for less than a million dollars. It was extremely low budget, and that's what they had. Okay. So, but now explain to me this. <laughs> you can explain this to me. Here it comes. Okay. No, no. This one. Everybody knows what the answer is before you ask the question. There's Go no ahead. way. There's no way the same answer. Go ahead. So, when they're in the cave, okay? Yeah. And they're they're fighting to stay awake. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Now, follow me. There are no pods to be found. There are no pods. Any, there are no pods anywhere. That they show you. Oh, bullshit. That they show okay. you. Okay. So, he stupidly leaves her for, um, I don't even know why he left her. But he left her, he comes back, and she turned into a pod person. How did that happen, and why? See. He was gone for five minutes, not even. That's because they ran out of film stock, because the film (laughs) was made very cheaply. Uh, That section of the movie, I always had an issue with, because I'm like, they should have shown the pod. They should have shown it in a corner someplace, that he walked by, and the pod would be in the corner. They don't. And, and they should have. And so, But they wanted it to be more shocking the way that he finds out that yeah, well, she's not what she was. I, you know? I called bull plop on that. I did. No, I, I get that. If you're for looking me. for... Oh, God. No, but listen, listen. You and... Uh, oh, they got the score wrong on the fish that ate Cincinnati here. No, it's uh, a fish that saved Pittsburgh. Yeah, whatever. But anyways, now listen to this. It's mostly about Cincinnati now, from what I hear. This, hear me out on this too. Okay, so, I'm hearing. So, so he turns in, so she turns into a pod person, and then why do the pod people not want these people to be around? I don't get it. Why can't they just coexist? What is the big deal? Why They're are they taking them over. Why are they so animate that everybody has to be a pod person? Aliens back then were bad guys, period. Well, none of them were bad. They didn't do anything bad to the people. They just wanted everybody to be a pod person. Well, they killed them all. When no, they, they took didn't. them over, they died. So, what, so, what so Becky Driscoll died? Me? Yeah. Where was her body? Nowhere to be found. She was sucked dry. Really? Yeah. And why were there dead. bubbles coming out of the pods? Well, as you know, I'm an expert in vegetables. And that's generally when you grow human beings inside of a vegetable. <laughs> It'll foam up a little bit. So is that why the the his buddy had the pitchfork and he didn't kill we it? We need the more you know to go across the screen when I, I help people so with that stuff. When he when he had the he should. They had the <laughs> pitchfork. Put that in your brain. Why didn't why didn't he kill the pod people then with the pitchfork? Because he was he a did. pod person? He did kill. No, he didn't. But he didn't kill the one because it looked exactly like him and he's like Kind of like suicide, and would it have he, killed him then? No, I don't think so. And wasn't that cop? He's a jag. Right, yeah. He, he was, was a jag because he was already a pod person, and he was right. causing trouble. Yeah, he was a dick. Yeah. No, come on, dude. Anyways, it's a body part. Say Richard. 
Anyways, so... Uh, I know some people named Richard. No. <laughs> Not going to do that. So anyways, so you know what? This movie was... This now, mo- I, I let me tell you why I picked this movie for you. Because you wanted to bore the hell out of me. No. This is not a good movie. movie. This movie is the precursor and what sets the table for movies like The Faculty and The Thing. Okay, those are both good movies. This movie sucked. I I love this. Okay, well, it didn't suck. Yeah, but it just wasn't. It it wasn't just. It wasn't for me. I I know what your problem is, so don't worry. Not even close. I wasn't scared at all. I fell asleep for a while. (laughs) I made supper. I did a whole bunch of different things. You cried quietly in the corner. No, this, yeah. this is a typical, but you know what? This is a typical drive-in movie for the 50s. For those people that went yeah. to drive-ins, oh, this yeah. is a drive-in movie. The, this is. Because you're not watching this. Film. You're making out. You're not, right. you're not watching this. You're either. hitting it. Yeah. You're hitting and it's it got hard. such a dumb a dumb plot that you can just go home and go, I saw it. I saw a body snapper. All right. So, I think it's that time. Oh, what are you getting score? Oh, you still got more? Go you, I think you answered my questions. Okay. So so okay. So I answer. Let's just finish. Whatever this. questions you have left is the same answer. Well, no. Let's just finish this up. So he okay. goes back and he flags down a, a car on the expressway, right? And he ends up back where the mental hospital is because they brought everything and together. Back to this. And he's there with movie. that bald guy. I gotta find out who that is. Oh, I know who you're talking about now. He yes. went on to yes. play. Help me. Um, Larry's dad on Leave It to Beaver. And yes. he was on the Dick Van Dyke show. Yes, he was he the producer was guy. The, the producer. Yes, right. thank you, Tim. Thank you. I don't know his name, but yeah. I will sleep tonight. He thank was, you. He was uncredited for that because the wraparound scene yeah, yeah. was added later to the movie. Get out of here. Yeah, because they wanted a more hopeful ending to the film. <laughs> because without the ending... You just have where he's screaming out uh, in the freeway. Yeah. And it's like, all hope is lost. So they had to put that little ending in there so that they knew that the good old government now knew. So, of course, everything would be solved. I guess I guess for 1954 is an all right movie. So, all right. Tim? Yeah. You're gonna, do you why want, are you going to rate it? Do you want to guess what I rated, or do you want me to tell you what I'm, I rated it? I'm guessing it's going to be a four. Nope. It is going to be... Mm-hmm. A three. Wow. The Babe Ruth of movies. Number wow. three. That was Babe Ruth's uh, number, by the wow, way. Wow, look at that. Yeah, I didn't know that or care. That was great. Are you upset? <laughs> you shouldn't be. That movie was no, not, I. It was not my. It was I, not for me. And it's not for anybody else who wants to watch horror movies. Well, no, I, not so much that. Wait, wait. Let me let me no. preface that. Wait, let me preface that. Adults enjoy the film. <laughs> wow. No, I'm just saying it's not your normal. Um, it's not your normal horror movie. If you if nobody, I, it's not what I'm used to seeing for horror movies. This is I get just, it. it just, I, I it do was, get it. It was very boring. I'm sorry. This, this is very boring. much eating your vegetables, getting to know the horror genre. But I wanted to give it to you. Thank you. To uh, give you a feel for what had happened in the past. But right now, it's time. It is time for trivia. Let me tell everybody quick how this is played. We're going to read out three statements for our partner. And they're going to have to figure out which one is not true. Do you want to go first, Jeffy? I will go first. All right, Jeff. So does that mean that I ask the question first? You can ask the question first. All right. So 
Hold on, let me get ready. Yep, I'm ready for my my answer. Okay. All, all right, Gary Cooper. You can take that down. All right, Gary Cooper. Should oh. I test it again? Oh no, Go okay. Gary Cooper only did this flick as a favor to his friend Sam Wood. Okay. Teresa Wright. We'll use some Babe Ruth numbers. Teresa Wright was three for three with Academy Award nominations. Three films, three nominations. This one being the third. Hmm. And Gary Marshall was quoted as saying Pride of the Yankees was a Bush League film and purposely made Oscar Madison a Mets fan in The Odd Couple. Gary Marshall? Yeah. Gary Marshall of Happy Days fame. I don't think he was involved in The Odd Couple. He was. I don't it's believe not, that. I'm, I'm going to say that's the lie. I'm going to say Gary Marshall is the lie. I don't think you're right on that. I mean, you're right. That's the that's lie, yes. That's but Gary, the lie. Yeah, but Gary Marshall did do The Odd Couple. What did he have to do with it? He did the television show, The Odd Couple. The television show, but the guy that came up with the character was Neil Simon. Right. But he could have any kind of... Artistic. Oh, they didn't. They didn't decide if he was a. Uh, That's fine. You got it right. Sports anyways. fan. You figured it out anyways. Until the TV show, I didn't even know that. That's fine. I you never watched that couple on television. I watched the movie. I did not see the TV show. See, that would have. I that didn't really watch. It would have helped shows. if I knew that. So that Oscar, probably would have. Oscar Madison in okay. the television show. Wait a second. Yeah. Oscar Madison played by. Jack Ludman. Yes, always wore his Mets hat. He's a big Mets fan. Okay. You, All right. You don't care. You just don't I, care. I want to. I want to beat you so bad with this. This one. Oh, I, if, if you look at the screen, I actually have seven I could choose from, because I was like, I don't know which stuff he's gonna know about. Well, let's put it this but, way: I didn't have time to do any kind of research on this. So well, I, I do feel like some of this stuff, because Invasion of Body Snatchers is so ingrained in pop culture. You've heard the term pod people, I'm sure, before you saw this. Honestly, I thought I said it for the first time tonight. When I was saying well, pod people, I thought I made that gets, up. Yeah, it gets used a lot where people are uh, just blindly following, you know, some sleepy president or something. You know, it's when people have no uh, willpower or brain. Anyway, uh, I got my three items. Are you ready? You should get an extra point for that. I Go should. Ahead. I should. Go ahead. All right. Number one. Don Siegel, the director of this movie, was the man that first showed Clint Eastwood how to direct. Number two. Music was composed and conducted by a woman, Carmen Dragon. This is something Isn't I want it? to talk about after we're done, too. Go ahead. Number three. The hero, Kevin McCarthy, went on to play bad guys in the 1980s, including the films UHF and Inner Space. Two movies I've never seen. Really? Really. Because I'm not a fan of Weird Al Yankovic, and I'm not a fan of Martin Short. Oh, my God. How are you even over here talking with Tim, is what he's thinking. He goes, hi. I'm sitting here just like, oh, my God. All right. Well, Inner Space just seems dumb. Okay, anyway. Uh, one of my favorite films. I know. I'm sorry, but it is. Um, Don Siegel. <laughs> Don Siegel. I'm sorry, but it sucks. <laughs> Don Se- well, I don't even know that. I never saw it. Don Se- because that's the one where Dennis Quaid gets 
miniaturized and he goes inside a human body, right? He does indeed. Okay. Um, yeah, Don Siegel, the director of this movie, was a man that first showed Clint Eastwood. That sounds about right. I think I, I've heard Clint Eastwood in, in uh, some podcasts talk about Don Siegel. Music was composed by a conductor, by conducted by a woman. Carmen Dragon. Yeah. And then the last one is the hero. Hero. Um, I'm going to say the false que- the false answer is the music one. The music one? Yep. What makes you think that? Because I hated the music in this movie. Did you? It's, yeah. <laughs> yes! It's what I'm talking you about. are so right. Yes, correct, correct, you I so tell right. you. Carmen Dragon is the name by it's a dude it's like an italian dude and that's like a name over there oh like you're Carmen. you're splitting some hairs yeah. now my friend what do you mean splitting wow. some hairs is he a man or a woman no but that, this was before everybody just chose their own whoa that, I, it's a dude no i'm saying i looked it up because i saw carmen dragon i'm like i have never heard of this composer before looked it up and i'm like that's a that's a dude's name? No, the reason why I say that is because, I mean, that's like a very microscopic thing to change. It's like very small. Yeah, well, I'm an ass. No, but I got um, it. Yeah. Uh, some of the other pieces of true trivia yeah, I didn't it. give you. Uh, there was even a Looney Tunes version of the movie called Invasion of the Bunny Snatchers. Get out of here. That actually exists. Uh, there were at least three exact remakes of this film where they use basically the same name um it where they call the same actually four remakes uh really? one in 78 one in the late 80s yeah. or early 90s and one just recently and they have starred celebrities like the most recent one had nicole kidman in it the 70s one had donald sutherland Leonard Nimoy and Jeff Goldblum in it. Wow. Goldblum was young. And Forrest Whitaker was in that 80s one. Goldblum had so, been really young in that one, eh? Uh, pretty, yes. pretty early in wow. his career. That movie, a lot of people prefer that version of Invasion of Body Snatchers. I almost gave it to you, but I wanted you to see the, the actual beginning of the story. Um... I'm, I'm also well. I'm I'm not as big a fan. I think that one's even slower. So okay, that's why I picked this one. Uh, famed director Sam Peckinpah has a screen role in the film as a meter reader. The guy that's the meter reader—that's yeah. the same guy that directed *The Wild Bunch* and a lot of very very violent films. Yeah, I would I would have said that was false if you would have put that one in there. Yeah, I would have. I really would have because that name sounds made up. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, Sam Peckinpah is one of the more famous directors out there. Never know. And then, uh, The Caves, featured in the film, became the Batcave for the 1966 TV series, Batman. I would have said that was true. I would have went with true. It, it is true. I know, but I would have said, I yeah. would, that wouldn't have scared that, me. That wouldn't have thrown you out. That's no. why I didn't use it. Yeah. I thought, I thought three was the one you were going to go for. No, uh, now, as for Don Siegel, Don Siegel went on to direct Clint Eastwood in um, Dirty Harry and Coogan's Bluff and it was during one of the films they did together 
that uh, he started kind of showing Clint the ropes because he was interested in directing. And he said, well, I'll, I'll let you uh, do some second unit work or something like that. So he well, does come up a lot in director commentary. Like I said, that's where I heard it. Yeah. All right. So. Put up those put up those answers. Five, five. Yeah. I'm winning. But Jeff is now ahead by a point. And he's going to lord this over me all week. Hell yeah. It's going to be annoying, but there it is. We are in, I think this is officially the tightest game we ever it had. It is. It really so is. So we've made it through three innings without it being a runaway. So I'm, I'm impressed with that. Uh, okay. So What do we have for next week? Here, uh, you know, i got to press buttons here. Here it is. Yes. Next yes. week. Can I start? Uh, yeah. Yes. White Man. No. Yes. White Man Can't Jump. This movie, <laughs> I love this movie. And you know what? Honestly, I love the opening scene. That's that's my favorite part of this whole movie. And, okay. But the whole, but I do love this whole movie. I, I really like it. I, I It's just a lot of fun. It's, it's, this is 90s on steroids. This is a great movie. All right, and I heard everybody was on steroids, and I am giving you an American Werewolf in London, which, of course, you know the celebrity that is the star of it because you got to meet him face-to-face. David Naughton. Yeah, right out there at Horror Realm. So uh, I I thought, well, I might as well get you to watch the actual film. that uh, made Rick Baker uh, a huge celebrity makeup artist. And uh, I wouldn't have to work too hard at trivia after putting together oh, an interview for David but I, but like, I did oh, go to But I did go to that interview, so... I'll, yeah, I'll I can't over. use any of that but stuff. But I'll tell you what, after going to that interview, and uh, I, I'm not... I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to be prepared for this movie. I'm... I'm already starting shaking a little bit. Well, I I think it's a fun film. I, oh really? I, you're gonna you're. It's got comedy elements. Oh, cool. It is directed by the same guy that did Animal House. Nice. This was in fact his follow up to Animal. Oh, House. get it? Yeah, because Animal House Werewolf. Animal yeah, well, that was the advertising campaign right there. <laughs> that, that was it. Okay. Well, we want to thank everybody for thank you. coming out. You know, did we? We skipped something here. No. Yeah, we did. I just thought of it. Uh, Oh, where is it? Horror Realm. Yeah. Horror Realm will be coming back in 2023 to Pittsburgh, PA. It's going to be in March. There we go. There we go. All right, Horror Realm coming in March. uh, And we're awful excited about that. Uh, They just gave a big... News story today that they uh, announced know. Night of the Demons Amelia Kincaid. Uh, she is coming to Horror Realm and she has also been in such things as Roadhouse, Break Into, and Fame. Well, I saw Roadhouse. Break Into Electric Boogaloo is the <laughs> subtitle on that one. Well, I saw Roadhouse. Is she going to be the one that was dancing on the table? or I don't remember which one she was in there. We're, they did announce earlier this week or was late last week. I can't remember when. Robert Kurtzman, who is most known as doing the makeup for Freddy Krieger in The Nightmare on Elm Street, was also announced. And 
last week, and I, yes. I don't think we huge. mentioned it here. Huge. Is that, huge. It's huge. It's huge. Richard Masser of uh, John Carpenter's The Thing. Yep. And he also did the It miniseries, which, of course, you love because of all the clowns. Uh, and he's done just a ton of 1970s television. It's one day at a time, right? Ridiculous. I can't remember. It, his, yes. his IMDb reads like, did it play in the 70s? Then he was on it. <laughs> um, you know, I, I said that I was going to take my dog's dish to get signed by him. I've changed that. I I went and I found my uh, my CD of the Bahamut. Who let the dogs out? Yeah. I'm going to have him signed. Who let the dogs out? Okay. Is that cool or what? I bet you've uh, never had that before. You I, you know what? I, I bet you're right. I bet you're right. I bet you nobody is. You know what? Hey, you. you know what? When what? they do what? what, what, what? When they do the um the panel for them, they should put that on. Who let the dogs out as he's walking out? Who, 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 who let the dogs out? Who? Wouldn't that? Add well, to- we know that the organizers of Horror Realm are huge fans of the show. I'm sure that's they will what they take should do. Under advisement. I gotta talk to Rich. Okay. Uh, you know he's not really in charge. Oh, Michelle no, is. No, no. I'll talk is. to Michelle. Yeah, I think Michelle. Right. Let, Michelle likes yeah, us Michelle better. Michelle and Sandy. They they let Rich pretend like he has something to do with it. Well, Sandy and Michelle both like us. Yeah, we could probably, more, we could probably more than up. Rich. Yeah, Rich is like, so, well, whatever, guys. <laughs> Rich is the odd man out. All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for tuning in to another yes, episode you. of Dead on the basis now remember to tell a friend about our show if you didn't like the show tell an enemy about the show it's time to close the crypt and call the game and we want to thank you all for watching remember to share and subscribe our show and feed you can find the show at otherworldlyculture.com and follow the show on apple Podcasts, amazon Podcasts, pandora iheart tune in stitcher wow. google Podcasts. Podcast, podcast, and other fine places you find podcasts. Pod people, yeah, pod people. (laughs) Now remember, everybody, as we say here at Dead on the Bases, if it's sports, it's a home run, but if it's horror, run home. We're dead on the bases, and we'll see you next time. Actually, technically, I think it blows. It blows. (laughs) No, no. Yeah, you said sucks. Oh, yeah. And blows. (laughs) Bad boy.